Hi, I'm Aislinn Waite, and welcome to Just a Tele, where the topics are hot, the laughs are endless, and the conversation is everything. We're talking about it all, from relationships, work, life, God, and so much more. Life is stressful, and I'm here to help. So grab your wine and a snack, and let's get into it. This is Just a Tele. Hey guys, and welcome back to Just a Tele. <laughs> What's up? How are you? How you been? How's your week been going? Everything's cool over here. Just getting back into the swing of things. We're week three of the fall semester, so starting to get real at this point. But other than that, we chilling. <laughs> so we got the gang in the building. Everybody say, "What's up?" What's up? Hey. There you go. Yes, that is the mixed voices of the gang, 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 and the building, and they are going to introduce themselves. So, take it away, Key. Well, she already told you, my name's Key. What's good? What up, everybody? It's Patrice. I'm back once and again. It's Colbert. I'll be holding it down for the men this week, so pray for me. <laughs> you gonna be just fine, Colbert. My name is also Patrice, better known as Sister. How y'all doing? That's right. And you know me. I am Aislinn. I'm your host. And so let's get into it. So this week we are going to stay on the topic of dating and relationships. But instead of doing our normal three segments, we are just gonna hop right into the topic. So let's talk about, let's go from, let's get, let's get, let's throw this one to the ladies first. So ladies, child almost ended up playing Lecrae. Ladies. Um, yeah. We, I said, hey, ladies. Yeah. yeah. Get your hair done. I said, hey, ladies. Yeah. Poor Culver. I tell you, it's gonna be a struggle one. <laughs> call so, your friends. Call your friends and tell call, them to show up on time. We got. They can come after the break. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You put that phone call in with the quickness. Oh, all your right. right. All right. So. Let's talk about our standards. Um, I think a lot of times women are criticized for having standards when they're dating, saying that they have a list that's too long and standards that are way too high. So ladies, are standards a good thing? Yeah, standards are a good thing. It's, it's good to know what it is you want and don't want in your potential partner. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have standards then you're you're asking for anybody and anybody can be the worst person for you so why not make that list and it's not just for women men can have one too but you know you got to find that good divide between standards of what I want what I don't want and oh I'm just being picky and pussy because you know picky and what picky and with the R, with the R. Okay. Chad, that's the music. Girl, her whole entire face said, Pick it home. 
you said something else, I was like, now we're not whopping right here on the podcast. <laughs> Come on, Patrice. Nah, standards are uh, uh, are necessary. Standards are only problems for people who can't meet them. That's it. Oh, that's right. That's all I got. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Cobra. Um, I look at standards as in boundaries. Um, specifically, I would say the Bible tells me pretty much uh, a city a fortress or a kingdom without any boundaries is bound to fall. So it's not just standards in a romantic relationship, but even with friendships, you know, you're putting boundaries with yourself. You're telling people what is acceptable to you and what is not. Um, and the lesson I'm like learning this week is just because um, you understand doesn't mean that you have to agree. So you can understand somebody's boundaries and still disagree, but you got to respect the fact that they told you. So, mm -hmm. uh, uh Boundaries and standards are really for you and what protects yourself. Um, and there, I would say like, it's easier to allow somebody in when they first respect the fact that you have addressed them in a such behavior. So I equate standards to boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm with Colbert on this one. I definitely don't necessarily use the term standards, especially in my dating life or talking to people or anything like that, because I do think it is a matter of boundaries right now. What I love about going back to the Bible and talking about the boundaries and fences that protect fortresses and things like that is there are different types of boundaries, right? And mm -hmm. so sometimes that boundary could be a Fort Knox because I need you to know this is impenetrable. You cannot come over here with that level of mess today, messing up my peace. But it does not mean that I can't be flexible in my boundaries. You can have an invisible fence where it's like, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing until it came up. Let's talk about that. Let's work through that. It can be a chain link fence. It can be um, a picket fence. There are different types of boundaries for different reasons, depending on what you need to protect yourself and to be able to live a life that's full of love and full of peace and full of service. So I don't have an issue with having boundaries in the same way that Colbert has presented it. I do have an issue with... Um, ladies, I got to talk about us. I do have an issue with a chick on and being like, ah, girl, I got standards. He ain't going to be over here and he ain't going to have like, where is his, he got to have a car. He got to have a house. He got to do all these things. And if he's going to be with me and it's like, okay, hold on now. You don't, I said this last week, I believe that I'm going to say it again today. Don't judge me. Don't judge my story based on the chapter you walked in on because you don't know where said sir or where said madam is in their journey and where they might be going next. So it's important to have boundaries, but it's important to have that flexibility and understanding what you absolutely have to have. Because if it's material things like car, house, those types of things, girl, you can do that for yourself. You don't need a man to do that for you, but is he gonna be a good dude to you? So um, I think we gotta be more specific when we're talking about what our standards are and what our boundaries are. And I think we gotta do the work to understand why do we have that there? Because you do have to protect self mm -hmm. and you do have to be in a healthy situation. But if you just doing it because the paper says, here's my checklist and the world says, I need to have all these things in a spouse and that I'm gonna talk about the church folks because sometimes you can find a God-fearing man and he could still not be the one. And so we need to be able to talk about that thing too. Just because he loves God doesn't mean he's for you, baby. Doesn't mean he's for you. So that's my thought on standards and boundaries. Thank you. And just because he loves God don't mean he still ain't out here in these streets. Girl, there's he cannot be in the streets. There's some O's in this house. 
It doesn't even have to be that extreme. He can still love God, not be in the streets, serve the Lord every single day of his life, serve up to church every single Sunday, every single Wednesday, every single Bible study, and do all those things. But it, it could also mean he's still just not for me. You've got to be equally yoked mm. in terms of intelligence, in terms of emotion, in terms of interest. So like, right. it doesn't always have to be he's a trash human and being out there in the streets and being devious. It could just be, it's okay to not be each other's types of people. It's all right. It's right. all right. right. And I They're like that. Deviant. No, I'm just kidding. Now, I like that you said that because it like personally being transparent with y'all, like I was in a relationship where I had to really figure out and really understand that, okay, we are good people. We're not for one another. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we don't, we don't understand and nor are we able to face. Like it really takes a lot of strength to come out of something knowing that truthfully, truth be told, you are just not for one another, even though your, your, your morals are aligned, even though your standards align, even your, your thought process align, you guys have. Um, great chemistry you are just like if we're being deep purposefully you're not for one another and that's where you have to really evaluate yourself as an individual to know based off who I am what do I need attached to me to go into the next stage of my life Mm -hmm. so I love that that you have to be a trash human being for somebody to just not be for you Um, we have people talk about the you know the term soulmate and I, I, I do believe I have many soulmates but not all soulmates are gonna be the first one, for example. So who is the person that is gonna propel me into a place where I can help the church, Mm -hmm. who I I can help the body? So it's really big that, I like that that you said that Patrice about, just because somebody's trash doesn't mean that, you know, they're they're a bad person, but in a sense, not everybody's for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Has anybody here, does anybody here currently have a um, list or have you had a list in the past? Show of hands. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm supposed to. I'm in my 30s. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Patrice. Sister. I was, um, I grew with single as a Pringle here and um, (laughs) (laughs) change every segment. And uh, yeah, no, I think my list kind of derives from the place that Colbert was talking about. It's not so much for um, he has to have these things. It's much more for this is what I need to have in order to thrive. So Mm -hmm. it's not um, a mandate that I'm putting on other people. It's really like my list has to evolve around like we need to share the same faith. We need to have the same goals. We need to come from the same foundation. We need to value communication. We need to value happiness and fun and love in our relationship. And so all of those things, because I I can do that on my own, I need to make sure that anything that I'm going to be with is going to be something that we agree on on those things. So it's not any of like the you know, house, car, the standards and things like that. It's really just about what do I need that's filling me right now, that's bringing me joy, that's allowing me to be the best version of myself. And so the list is really for me. It's not for him. And really that list evolves as you age because I did have that list of, you know, I would like for him to have a job, have a car, have a place, not necessarily his own place, but at least, you know, not live with his parents. But as I've gotten older, I've started to understand circumstances of why someone may have to live with their parents or why they don't have a car and these things that just happen um but those things have now evolved into what i'm looking for like you guys have been saying what's going to work best for me how are Mm -hmm. you going to feed my soul and help me evolve and grow more uh, spiritually and um emotionally Mm -hmm. right yeah 
Um, I think it's big that you just talked about evolution, uh, Patrice, because I was like studying something personally and I came between the terms evolution and growth and you can grow without evolving. And in order for that list to expand, in order for you to get where you need to be, you have to evolve, meaning you have to come out your comfort zone, meaning you have to literally surround yourself with people who are evolving with you. So evolution looks like, and this is a, like a common example for everybody, when you start to evolve, your circle becomes different. The people around you start to change. They literally look different. They come from different right. states because you're evolving and growing. And the people that are growing are the people um, of your past are still there and you can see them, but you know that you're not attached to them. So when it comes to a list, I always say everybody's called to write. If when you're in school, you write, when you're doing your personal thing, you write, everybody's asked to write. So if, if I ask a, a friend of mine, oh, I'm, who says I'm ready for a relationship, a whole bunch of questions and he gives me generic answers, it shows me that he has not intentionally processed what this is going to look like for him. So it's mm -hmm. very important that we as, as individuals process Okay, if we, are, if we do want a relationship, and let's be real, if we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s, we're not, we're not trying to play games. What do we want? Mm -hmm. If you can't answer that, truth be told, you shouldn't even be looking. Chill, mm -hmm. be to yourself, grow by yourself, like do what you got to do. But if you can't answer those simple questions, you're, not, you're, you're telling the world that right now I haven't processed it, but I, have, I, I love the idea of having somebody next to me. So therefore, you want somebody to fill an insecurity or a void that you're not willing to do on your own. That's what you're really telling me. Right. So it's really important that we, as we evolve, we understand the difference between growth and evolution because we can grow without evolving. Mm -hmm. Come yeah, on now. Right. Come I on, Pastor Colbert. Because <laughs> I think it's one of those things where I can honestly say I have not had an actual relationship because I knew at that time you're not ready to be in a relationship you don't know what you want in a relationship or a friendship nonetheless because I feel like you need to have that before you decide you want to put a label on something I just like I had to have a relationship with myself all that wasn't there <clears throat> and I'm what 27 gonna be 28 within you know several months and I'm finally at that mode I'm like okay I know what it is I want. I know what it is that I don't want. I know what I can give and what right now I can't give or I'm striving to give without, I feel like I'm saying give so much, but without giving, you know, so much that I don't have anything left for myself. Like it's to that point where you're like, okay, I'm ready for this. I feel like I'm mature enough for this, you know, going to back to the whole having a list or I don't want to say standards either because I feel like standards kind of sounds iffy or shady but one of those things is me having that communication because Aisla knows well <laughs> my communication skills now have definitely evolved from some time back even a year ago because it gets to the point where I'm that kind of person if I'm mad I, and we're having a, an argument discussion and it's getting heated. I won't talk to you. I'll literally ignore you. I will put both my headphones in and smile at you in your face and be shady just because I'm like, okay, and, and you can't make me listen. 
and it would get to the point where I'm like, I'm pushing people away. You, you know, people can feel that. Like, believe it or not, people know right off the bat if they're really looking at you from afar, they can see, okay, that thing over there, she cute and everything, but she crazy. Uh-uh, you can't she talk to her. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she She ain't that kind of person. I'm the kind of person, I will walk out on you for three days. Mm. And won't tell you where I'm at. It'd be a whole month. I won't tell you where I'm at. I will purposely, at what I was, I would purposely make you worry. And then I also had to find a way for me to not be bored. I realized I'm the kind of person, I get bored way too easily with people. You have got to capture my mind. Everything else doesn't matter to me. If you aren't like, oh, I'm not six five and you know I'm in this tip top shape. I could care less about that. Me in the past, yes. Now it's you gotta have conversation. You gotta be able to communicate with me. You have to be able to, you know, listen to me and not just, you know, hear me. Like I need you to listen, kind of thing. So I think as far as a whole standard list or you know, I need this kind of list. It it has to be there, y'all. It has to be. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself crazy trying to find the one and you can't because the one is a little bit more mature and you still acting like a, a teenager, like you 16 years old. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. So, Key, I'm reminded of the, uh, really, the message that my pastor shared on Sunday. And he was talking about religion versus relationship was definitely a conversation that's happening in our country right now. And um, that there's nothing wrong with religion because religion is gonna give you a set of norms and tools and things that you need to abide by while you are getting into relationship, right? And he was specifically talking about your relationship with God. And so, yes, you have religion because you've been moving a certain way and you didn't know the new way to move. There are some rules. There are some things that you can continue to follow, but it is up to you to get in relationship with God. And then as you're in closer relationship, what should happen is that religion goes away because you know God and he knows you. So it's not about following the rules anymore. It's really about you're so far in relationship, you can hear him speaking to you. You know what the calling on your life is supposed to be. And I I liken that to say, I don't know that that's different from being in a relationship with someone else. You do need some rules up front. You do need some standards and some boundaries and some things of that nature. But as you get to know each other, as you begin to trust each other and you build that relationship, which should not still be happening, is I'm only relying on the rules without the relationship because then you're gonna create a new gap for yourself. So I'm with you on that need for right now, I need to have some standards. I need to have these rules around me because I need to protect me until I get into relationship with you and I know that I can trust you. So I'm I'm feeling you on what you just said. So thank you for sharing that. I also say um, something big that you said is about friendship in a relationship. I think that is like the most underrated thing. Um, And sometimes it can be hard to have that because we have the aspect of the honeymoon stage. So you can ride the emotions of the honeymoon stage and then get attached by that. So one of the things that I'm always cautious of, I try to be is my emotions and my feelings. So for me, I, I tell myself, I need to hurry up and get out of that stage just to build a friendship. Because I can see and I can determine a lot clearer 
what, what, where this person is coming from. I've had time and duration to see who this person is without trying to put on a facade. Same vice versa. They can see who I really am. All these things. Because if I, could, if I make a commitment to you, if I'm saying, hey, I do like you and I want to take you on a date, it's coming from a more clear space instead of the beginning stages of getting to know people. So I feel like a friendship is vital, but it's how you go about it. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, and this is a topic for another day, society does not know how to have platonic relationships. That's really where the issue, that's where the meat of all of this is, that we, we don't accept the fact that platonic relationships are okay. Like personal story, I've had one of my best friends, my best friend who I consider a sister is, is a woman. And I remember um, the church I went to, the pastor at the time, asked me like five different occasions, are you sure that's your friend? The first time I'm like, yeah, you know, it's my friend. Like, I really mean that. And after a while, it gets annoying because I'm understanding that society really teaches you that if somebody's close to you and they're of the opposite gender, something has to be there. And it's really frustrating. And because of that knowledge, it's like, because of that understanding and that false understanding, as soon as you start to vibe well with a woman, you automatically associate that with liking that person. And I feel like we have to learn how to identify that and understand that those two are not the same. Mm -hmm. Right. I think you hit on something because I'm, I'm, I'm being reminded of a friendship that I have with a really, really close friend that I've had uh, since college. And same thing. We constantly got questioned. I will never forget. A girl hit me up on social media one time and she was like, if that's your man, let me tell you what he's doing because he been da 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 And I was like, you know what, sis? Thank you for the information. We're just friends. Um, I wish y'all luck with whatever y'all are going through. Right. Have a great day. But he and I talked about this because he had once said to me, actually was a friend of a friend. We were all hanging out one night and he was like, you know what? I don't believe guys and girls can be friends. And I looked at my friend over here and I was like, well, we're friends. And he said, I think at some point the thought crosses your mind of could this be more? Mm -hmm. And that for that reason, I don't think guys and girls can be friends. And I was like, well, and I had never looked at my friend like, could this be more? But he was like, no, legit. I've looked at you, Patrice, like, could this be more than what it is? Mm -hmm. And I think that piece that you said, Colbert, about, but you got to push past the feelings. You got to push mm -hmm. past that initial attraction and see what's really there. We would be no good together. We would have bent a burnt down a house if we had dated each. And he's a cool dude. I was yeah. at his wedding. I love his wife. Hell, I talked to his wife more than I talked to him now, where I'd be like, right. look, 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 can you just put your wife on the phone? Because we got some things to discuss. Yeah. So like, we're still good friends. We're always going to be good friends. And that's all it's ever going to be. But constantly needing to explain to people that we are just friends. Like my ex was his teammate in college. And to this day, my ex is like, you know, you keep telling me y'all were just friends. But if I ever find out, and I'm like, well, you never go find out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ain't nothing ever happened because we're just friends. Yeah. And that's the thing, like you just really tapped on something because a lot of people who make that assumptions about these friendships, these platonic you know, relationships and these friendships is because they have their own deep seated, deep seated insecurities where they feel, or they like, they've been hurt or jaded by those situations mm -hmm. where someone has said, Oh, that's my friend. And they find out, you know, it was something different. Um, but that, and, and going back to what Colbert said, like society is beat, beating that into us. And it's, it's very, it's very sad because at this time of us being in a pandemic and having to be secluded and, you know, people going through mental health issues, it could be beneficial to have that friend, regardless of male, female, you know, uh, relationships. It's good to just to have someone just to talk to and express your emotions and your feelings and get that perspective back that could be the opposite of what you're thinking. 
and not have it be sexual or geared towards anything more than just that. I think uh, when we talk about this subject, it's so hard because when we look at historical context all the way from the beginning to now, it's always what we're taught is that um, if somebody, a man and a woman get close, usually it's a relationship. We got to look at the aspect of how people had multiple wives and all of that. So it's that concept and that understanding. And, and it's like, it's a rooted understanding in our minds that, hey, if this is the case, y'all should look at it more than it is. And it's like, no, 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 no. We've adapted. And I think we always miss that in society. When you adapt, things change. And if we, if we look about it, I'm not trying to get too controversial, but when you look at the Republican and the, and the um, Democratic Party, we're really arguing about does the information and the guidelines we had in the past, how do we adapt it to now? Do we just say it is what it is or do we change it according to what society is asking for? And that's the same thing with this. It's like, I understand that back then, we have to understand social media wasn't back around back then. We didn't have as many contacts um, back then as far as how we contacted people. So when we adapt all of that, there's more communication. There's more um, a seeing of the eyes. Some people didn't, like, let's really be real. Some people didn't see Black people in the past until they were like 20, I mean, yeah, like 20, 30 years ago until like they were like 25 because you only saw what you saw. So when you don't look at, to me, when you don't look at historical context and why that was, you get trapped in the form of going back to what you said, Patrice, religion, in a sense of I'm looking conservatively at one side and I'm not looking left or right. I'm looking at what I see and what I know and what my parents taught me and I don't have a mind of my own. So I think that's a huge problem. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're not gonna see you later just yet, but we do have to take a break. And there's more just to tell after this. Like what you're hearing? Can't get enough of the topics? Make sure to leave a comment and rate us five stars. We love to hear from you and we welcome your feedback. Have an advice question or topic suggestion for me? Download the Anchor app and leave me a voice message or DM me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Aislinn Weed. Follow Just a Teller to keep up with the podcast. Know someone who would love this podcast? Make sure you share it with them and tag Just a Teller with three R's or Aislinn Wade to receive a shout out. Follow Aislinn Wade on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Follow Just a Teller with three R's and Bible Brunch on Instagram. And if you love health and fitness, follow Limitless underscore health 1114 on Instagram and Limitless Health slash AW on Facebook. All right, so we're back and let's jump into it. So um, when do we go when we're looking at somebody that we're interested in? When do we go from a point of attraction to actually liking them um i think the attraction part is always going to be firsthand period because i don't think you actually can begin to like somebody until you start to actually know that person Mm -hmm. how can you like somebody based off of solely what you see like i could be sitting here looking you know, Idris right in his face 
and be like, oh, I really, really like him. Oh, my goodness. And then we start talking. I'll be like, I really, really can't stand this fool. Oh, I need you to stop talking. Like, y'all, y'all know me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a sucker for somebody who can talk and have a good conversation but still make me laugh but don't take everything as a joke and ooh, if I don't find that out you know until after I'm like oh my god I really like him and I really want to be his girlfriend and then I'm like okay let's be boyfriend girlfriend now I'm sitting here looking stuck like Chuck because I got to <laughs> figure my way out so like mm. I could bust him upside his head with something real quick and just like, you know what, you fell. What? I don't know what happened. You just said you got hot. What? Amnesia gets everybody out. Amnesia gets everybody out. Now he got yeah, it. Is his you just business. passed out. I dragged you into the room so you can lay down. But, you know, I don't want to have those. <laughs> I don't want to have that. Like, you really got to get to know somebody. Then you can honestly say if you have some kind of feelings or you feel anything for that person. Until then, all you're doing is basing everything off of what you see. That's so you said something. Is So does that mean for you, um, is like a funny guy, is that like a turn off for you? Like you don't like the funny guys? No, I like a funny guy, but I need you to be able to turn it off if I need you to be serious. Because if you're going to take everything and make a joke out of it, and I can understand if you're coming from a place of, you know, lightheartedness and you're just trying to make the situation, you know, not as bad. But if I'm sitting here bawling my eyes out and I just really need you to give me a hug and just tell me, you know what, you're going to be straight, you know, it's it's going to be all good. And you like, man, but did you see what happened yesterday? You're like, see, this is like talking to I can I can deal with the funny guy, but you gotta have a, a a bit of seriousness in you. But you can't be too serious to where you ain't fun. Because if you ain't fun, so some I, substance, yeah, right. Have something like have some personality or something, baby. Like give me something to work with, because I'm a fool. Like you know, I like to have fun and laugh. Facts. <laughs> no. Key, Key, you, you're like 100% right in, in everything that you said. I I 100% agree with you that, you know, traction is one thing. Like, dudes can, you know, walk back and forth in front of you, and it'll be just like, you know, you are, wait a minute, what happened? Child, she done fell at old father right now. Baby. Lord, um, she was getting somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you can find that attraction, you know, looks, but looks fate, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I've seen plenty of, like, Trace and I talk about this all the time, about the guys that, you know, we kind of, like, crushed on or felt like we, they, they're attractive in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, now nowadays, they're not looking too tough. But even still, I don't even think that was enough to even hold our attention. I feel mm-hmm. like even back then, we were kind of old souls, and, you know, that pretty face or that, that cute body is not going to get you that far. Mm-hmm. Right, especially with the, the type of females that we are, you have to be intelligent, you have to be funny, you have to have these things that, again, that are going to keep me intrigued and keep me keep my, my soul filled, right? Because mm-hmm, right. I too am a fool, and I need someone who's going to act a fool with me. 
when mm -hmm. it's right. appropriate. Um, I need someone who's going to console me the way I need to be consoled and pick up on those cues when I need that type of attention. Um, but I think, and you know, sorry, sorry, Colbert, that you're the only guy here right now. But um, I think Steve Harvey, and I hate to even bring him up because I don't really <laughs> like him too tough either. Um, but I, something that he said, and you know, he's not the inventor of these things, but it just kind of stuck with me when he said it, is that men fall in love with what they see women fall in love with what they hear so mm -hmm. i can find you the most right. to be the most attractive man in the world but as soon as you open your mouth and you sound ignorant or you send me a text message and you type ignorant or Ooh, you we're out in public somewhere and you act igno ignorant mm -hmm. i don't care how cute or attractive i think you are that's not going to save you in my book and mm -hmm. i will drop you in a second because i don't need that type of negativity with me like mm -hmm. Pretty faces be damned. I don't care about none of that. How are how are you feeding your own soul as well as, well as mine? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love this question so much because I believe going back to the conversation of like platonic relationships, this is where we get it messed up. We think we're attracted to somebody, so we like them. So recent story. So I had a friend of mine, um, and they're a friend now of the opposite gender. And... Um, I remember meeting this person. I was like, I want to get to know this person. Attraction. I knew that to me, the person was attractive. I didn't like the person, but to me, the person was attractive. Now, yes, they're attractive off of glance, but it wasn't just by how the person looked, but it was really based off conversation I had with the person as well. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, they seem like a cool person. They vibe well. They're, they're funny. They, they laugh. They can have a serious moment and a laughing moment. And I remember explaining to the person in our friendship, I'm like, there's really a difference between being attracted to somebody and liking somebody. Liking somebody takes time and investment. The attraction takes none of that. So when it comes to the pull or the, or the pull of this subject, I feel like we have to understand that there has to be an investment made to like somebody. And when there's not an investment made, you're, 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 in a sense, your reward will spoil. Because now you're, you're going into new territory you, ne you don't know anything about. Some of it can be good, but some of it can be really toxic and awful. So when it comes to the, the, just the aspect of attraction, if I look at somebody, I can be like, oh, that person's attractive. But you can't tell me, like Patrice said, you can't tell me you look at somebody and be like, oh, I like the person. I think he said it. Like, it's, it's impossible because you don't know that person. And I would hate, like, I've had, true story, there was a person in my life where off, off, off first glance, I'm like, oh, this person is really attractive. When they open their mouth, we'd be like, you should have closed it. You should not have opened it. <laughs> no lie. Like, it's because of how the person sounds. It's because of what the person says. It's like, nope, this is not for me. And we have to really understand, like, you can't. And, and when you notice that for yourself, you're like, oh, okay, so we can just be friends because this ain't going to work. I'm just being honest. Like some people, they're just not for you. It goes back to that point. Not everybody's for you. And it really takes some time and an investment and prayer. Let's be real. It takes a lot of prayer because revelation has to come from the Holy Ghost. Without that, you're going to be lost for real. It takes all of that to figure out, okay, is this person worth the investment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, I really want to say something profound or different, but I feel like y'all, like, literally covered it. So, uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs>
So I think that kind of covers like interest with where in, we go from interest to infatuation, right? Because like you said, it takes an investment and you have to get past that point of being like, I can see it to being like, I get them, they get me, like we connect on another level. Like I can actually be around you for a long period of time without wanting to choke you out. Mm, Lord, yes. Because mm -hmm. we all know somebody like that. And it takes a special person to get you to that level of, man, I will choke you out. Come on. I will chop you right mm. in your throat right now. Right, like the way my brain is set up, I, I can't I can't deal with that. Like, you know, baby. <laughs> I go to therapy for a reason. <laughs> I see a psychiatrist for a reason. So, you know, I'm what not gonna happens lie. after that's, you I'm do that, that is up to you. I'm people. I'm the person that gets you there. I can't even lie. Ask Asia. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Everybody knows me for that. I can't lie. Right. Thank you for your honesty on that. <laughs> Thank you. Because sometimes <laughs> folks will be knowing. I, 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 I know now. I be knowing. <laughs> stupid <laughs> uh, so when um or what is that defining factor that takes your relationship with someone from being just friends to more than friends oh okay i think i think a lot of this has to do with what you feel personally because for me for me to feel like, okay, this is something more than just friendship, it needs to be that thing where I light up just by hearing your name. Mm. You don't have to say nothing to me. You don't have to do, thank you. You don't have to, you know, send me a text message. You don't have to do any of that. You can walk into the room and not see me, but I can see you and be like, that's it right there. That's it. Like, I got to be able to smile. Like, you could just literally send me a, hey, how you doing text? And I could be like, I guess I'll go ahead and answer so I'm not seeming like, you know, a, an itch with a capital B. <laughs> and, then and then there's some where I could just be like, text me, and I'm just like, I am weak. <laughs> What? It's true. Like, I'm not kind of person. You uh. know, like, I think another thing with that is, is like, uh, the words are right there, but it ain't, it ain't coming out yet. <laughs> I think another thing isn't so much where I feel like, oh, if I don't see this person, you know, I'm not going to make it or you know, if this person isn't here with me, I won't know what I'm going to do. But I feel like for me to feel, yes, this is that person as well, I have to have that. If this person was to tell me right now that I'm not, you know, I'm not here for you, or they just up and disappear, whatever, it would break my heart. I have to honestly have that feeling of almost love. Like, I have to love you like my friend. I have to love you. But a sense where I can feel like I'm falling in love to, to where I can, I'm going to get to that point of, okay, I want you to be my boyfriend. I want to be your girlfriend kind of thing. If I'm sitting here like, eh, 
uh, you decided you ain't want to talk to me no more. I ain't going to really be heartbroken, you know. Um, so, I don't know. I think that's just kind of where I'm at. But that's just how I feel personally. I need to know that I, you know, I can live without you, but I don't want to. X. Mm. Mm. Speak that key. You know she said so you know she said someone when she said that last line and everybody went, Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. No, that's that's real talk. Um, I think for me it's it kind of goes back to what we said in in the last question. It's just that investment of time. If I'm willing because time is something that you you can't get back. Um, and I'm, if I'm willing to invest and put effort in spending time with you, and I see that you're, you're doing that same thing with me in return, um, then I can see progressing that a little bit further. If, um, if I kind of see that, you know, I'm not a priority to you, then I know where I fit in your life and I'm either going to be in it or I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not there to waste my time nor yours. Um, and I see now I have another quote from one of my favorite movies, um, Friends with Benefits. Um, and the guy said, it's not who you spend Friday night with, it's who you want to spend all day Saturday with. And right. once you kind of cross that threshold of just being a friend and you know spending that little bit of time together, but what are we going to do tomorrow? And we're going to spend all day tomorrow. Are we going to, are we going to go out? Are we going to eat? Are we going to lay in the bed and talk all day? Are we just going to communicate? Are we going to build? What are we going to do? But it's just, again, taking that time with that person and you know growing with each other that kind of gets you to that next level and i think with your intuition and you know people always say women's intuition men have it too it's sometimes delayed but you know we both both sexes do have that intuition and i think when people start to to lean on that and to to listen to that and to understand it that's when things can you know blossom into a relationship Patricia, you can go ahead. Oh, um, yeah, I really, I think that transition for me is, I, for me personally, I'm the type of person that really like doesn't like anybody. Um, and it's like facts, like anybody on this call that's known me for longer than three seconds knows that my general state of being is I hate everyone and I hate everything. Mm-hmm. So if I even say, I think I like you, then that means I must really love you. So, um, <laughs> she's not lying though. She's not <laughs> lying. Yeah, lying. true. I am not true. lying. I am not. Um, so I think for me, that, that state of like to like, this is more than just friends. Um, it's again, I know me better than I know him. And it's when my behavior changes. It's when, kind of like when Key was talking about, it's when I find myself thinking about you in moments where I wasn't thinking about you before. And it goes beyond infatuation because it's a fine line, right? It's a super right. fine line if you don't know yourself well enough. Yeah. But for me, it, it's when I'm not only thinking about you, but I'm thinking about what do I want to do for you? Like, how do I want to serve you as this partner in my life or as this person that I am thinking about? And um, that for me is when I'm going from, I, I don't just like you to like, this is more than friends with me. And I also tend to be a confrontational person. So like, I really, I will have the conversation. And it, again, folks on the call that know me, I don't need to wait for you to be like, you know what girl, I like you first. No, 
if like if I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. And I'm gonna be like, you know what? What are we doing here? Because you know, you know, I've been spending all this time with you. I I done done these things for you, and for me, that means I like you. So what are we doing? Where are we going? But it's when my behavior changes, and when I'm genuinely thinking of the acts of service that I want to do for you, the time that I want to spend with you, the just the little things that I I'm finding myself wanting to draw nearer and closer, and wanting to be in relationship with you. That's when it for me goes beyond. I don't just like you or I'm not just interested to like, I'm 100% in this and I'll never forget. He'll probably kill me for telling me for telling all this, but with my ex, my, my um, college boyfriend, I'll never forget when we had our moment from just like to, okay, this might be more. And it's, it's the subtle moments guys. I was hanging out at his house. We were both studying and you know, then there's like no space. So I'm sitting in the middle of his bed, like doing all my Spanish homework. He's sitting over there doing our, his African-American lit homework at his desk. And I looked up for a second and he was just looking at me and I was like, what, I got a booger? What's going on? Like, what's happening? Like, what's, what's happening? So I went back to what I was doing and like five minutes later, I looked up and he's doing the same look again at me. And I was like, what is going on? He was like, not, not, nothing, nothing, nothing. Now we could talk about it. That vulnerability is down. But that was the moment when he was like, you know what? I want to be in relationship with her. Like, I, I don't even know if I have the words to say it, but I want to be in relationship with her. And I, I totally missed it. But what I mean, I had found myself at that point wanting to be in relationship with him. Like it was the acts of service. It was thinking about him. So again, for me, it goes back to when my behavior shifts in a way where I'm thinking about serving you, that's when it's crossed from, oh, I kind of like you and I might be interested to, I want to be in relationship with you. I love that. I, I really love y'all answers. It kind of blew me away. It's good to hear different perspectives, especially when you talk to like the same people. Um, for me, it's, one of, one of my goals in life is to, I, and I think y'all can visualize this, for my wife to be dressed and she, her feet never touch the floor. That's the point of woeing I want to get to in life where it's like, I want to do everything I can so you would never work again. Um, one of the things that like, for me, again, I always go back to the Bible that it teaches me to, of the aspect of, as me as a man, my word should water my wife. So in order for, my, for the seed to become a tree right next to the other tree, I have to do my part in instilling in her purpose, um, affirming who she is, um, correcting and redirecting her vision, all of these things to make sure that we're both good. Um, and when I want to do that, and that's the short version, when I want to do that, when I, go, when I want to go above and beyond, when I tell my friends and my family about you, when you're somebody I think of when I first wake up, because truth be told, my first thought, not that I'm obedient every morning, but my first thought does go to God every morning. But once you're um, integrated with that thought process, that's how I know it's for real. Yeah. I mean, not touch the floor, my goodness. And can we just like time out for a second? Like if more dudes read the Bible, it's like the original love, love. stories. Like, like that's the Bible has more game than like literally yes. any rap song you will ever yeah. listen to. You yeah. read a song real quick to a chick, she'd be like, I'm sorry, you say what now? Yeah. And I think it's the aspect when it comes to the Bible, it's the aspect of I look at it, my, my spiritual mother taught me that, like, we, God has made us male and female, but to him, we, we are no different, right? So the same way he loves me, he loves y'all the same way. 
So you're telling me the words that he used, the affirmations that he uses, the, the thoughts and emotions that he uses, he feels the same way to somebody I call my sister or somebody that's actually my sister. So now when I begin to like really meditate on that thought process and I really begin to look at somebody, it's easy for me to love them because now I'm starting to understand me. So the mm -hmm. only way I can truly love you in this place where you need to be in a place where God sees you is I have to understand me first. I have to understand where I'm wired. I have to understand where my trauma triggers are, really. I have to understand where I struggle and where I succeed, where I, where I stride and maybe where I need to pull back. So I, mm -hmm. I, I firmly agree that, you know, the mm -hmm. Bible is the first love story because if you look at it, that man had more patience than I'll ever have in lifetime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lord knows I ain't got it. But don't, no, but I ain't got don't it. cross the yeah, I ain't got it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. No, I don't it. no, 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 no. Well, before we go to commercial break, I want to do something kind of fun. So, um, I'm going to go around the room and I want everyone to, if you could build your perfect partner, um, that's yep, 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 yep. I thought you said this was fun. It is fun. If no rules applied, if you could build the perfect person, what traits would they have? How I'm many traits do you want? Right, yeah. Five. Yeah. Five. 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 Lord, Are you saying, well, if three, you think? Yes, three. 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 Just three. make it simple. Just make it simple. You about to I kill it. I you ain't got no list out here. Let me get my pencil and paper. Right? Where am I posted? <laughs> you doing this before break or after break? You want to do it? We can. Okay. And on that note, don't break my neck. We're going to take a quick break. But there's more in just a tell after this. All right. And welcome back to just a tell So let's get into that fun assignment I gave everybody. So, Key, you're up first. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to let you know right now. The last two are gonna come off the top of the head because you know. But um you, so did let's you say you were notes. done? Go yeah. go 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 on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um so my first one is being goal driven, but not just goal driven. I need you because it's this is a thing about having goals, but not being I guess affirmative, not taking action about it. Like I need you to have your goals and take action because if I have goals and I'm reaching my goals and you're not and then you know we kind of have this oh well she's doing better than you or he's doing better than you I, I don't have time for that drama so there's that um I need you to be able to love respect and know yourself before you get to try to or start to try to do that with me because if you don't know yourself, if you don't love yourself, how can you possibly try to do that for somebody else? And then as far as love goes, I need you to actually have the ability to love. Because there's some people out here who are cold-hearted, won't tell you I love you, won't tell you they like you. You'd be like, I love you. And they'd be like, mm-hmm, you too. And never say, I need you to have that ability because if you don't and you make me feel like you don't love me I'm gonna hit you with the sayonara I do adios or rivadurchi so whatever language I can say goodbye in I'm going to say it um 
Bonsoir. <laughs> Bruh. Um, uh, aloha is hello and goodbye. So. <laughs> okay, move on to the next one, please. <laughs> so, yeah, you frustrate A's with <laughs> Right. She be getting frustrated so easily. Um, I need you to have patience. Because if you don't, don't have, have patience Shut. And, mm-hmm. and knowing that these things take time, it's it's not going to work. You have to have patience for yourself and for me and for the situation. I don't want to call it a situation because that sounds bad, but for the possible relationship. Mm-hmm. And then the final one, honestly, which should have been first on my list, but it's a given. I honestly... I need you to have so I need you to have a relationship with God because it it's it's not gonna work with me. It's not. It's not. Especially if you come through here and you're everything else on that list and then you turn around and tell me you're an atheist. Ooh. Or I I you know, I love Satan or something like that. Ooh. I'm have to Ooh. like mm, that's the mark of the Trinity, we gotta go. Mm. <laughs> I'm I'm that's the mark of the beast. I know folks that are I, Wiccans, but I love Satan. What? <laughs> A girl, you have no that? idea. I found I found a couple who are like we love Satan. A couple? What couple? What they're couple. Where do you find that? <laughs> Wait a minute. You can find another person to love you and Satan too. <laughs> I, they, I didn't want it. I told them they was like, yeah, I don't believe in God. I was like, huh? Then I was like, you don't believe like you believe in something different or like I believe in science. It was like, nah, I, I like Satan though. What? He kind of cool. I'll be like, Ooh, what? the man. At, he, my mom just called. Calculating. Me. <laughs> my mom just called. I wouldn't even have given. No, you did. I would have up and left. That's it. Right. Right. I was just like, look, that's that Homer Simpson the phone, right You'd be like, like, girl, talk to me real quick while I leave. I crazy. all the time. But just in case something <laughs> happened to me, you already know. Hold on. Matter of fact, messenger. So you know what he looked like. If he right. ended up being sacrificed, you know who did. Gonna sit that location. Gonna sit that location you, you right got now. The location. No, but when you got the location and all that before I got to go anywhere with you. The GPS. I got your social security number. GPS. <laughs> Move on to the next person, please. Okay, Tree. <laughs> Oh my gosh, she said that Come on, edges. Satan. Come on, <laughs> edges. Hey. We're we're going to assume that you know, our our religious beliefs are synonymous in the, in this scenario. So, the first thing is going to be like I said before, I need a sense of humor. About 65% of my life is laughter and I want to continue that cuz it makes you mm-hmm. young. Um emotional maturity. Um just Ooh. just, just I didn't even think about that. Um, you need to have that. Um, openness, mainly because that leads to vulnerability. Yes, God. So that that kind of that exposes you a little bit. And if I'm going to expose myself, then I'm going to need you to be able to do the same thing. Empathy, something that 45 knows nothing about, but it oh. shows understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and the willingness to like work through anything because you can kind of put yourself in that person's shoes. And last but not least, honesty because it builds trust. Mm. Okay. Like that. Um, my first one is integrity. I need you to stay true to you first. Mm. I need to love you first. 
before it comes over here. That is the most important thing to me, um, how, how integrity. Um, number two, it's like 1A, 1B, transparency. I need you to be, and I, and I respect honesty, I need you to be more than that. I need you to tell me things that I didn't even ask about. I need you to tell me things that's in your mind. I need you to talk, and not because, in a sense, I'm an extrovert, so I talk, but even if I, I'm usually attracted to introverts, which is weird, but even if you're introverted, I need, as a man, I need to create the space where you feel safe enough to come to me in any time, not just a time of need, but any time. I need you to open your mind up. I need to understand how you think, how you're wired, what's going on, because if you're not transparent, I have to do all the talking or we have to ask specific questions and that can leave a lot of gray areas. Um, number three, authority. I need you to talk like you know who your father is for real. Like I need you to walk about it. I need you to be about it outside of me. Um, I need you to be able to stand alone by yourself so we can be stronger together. Um, number four, love and affection. I need you to love me just like you want me to love you. It's important. Um, it has to be a two-way street. And number five, I say self-control because this tongue sometimes for me can get caught. And, you know, I understand that, you know, our feelings can get in the way, but how do we think rationally um, towards a situation so we can best move accordingly? Well, oh, let me find out. Let me find out if you got some friends that think like you, because you, 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 shoo, shoo. <laughs> shoo. Right? I also, I just want to say on behalf of the introverts in the world, because I am very much yes. an introvert, and yes, um, you, I very much an introvert, and I often don't get the label of introvert, because people meet my sister first, and mm -hmm. I, can, I can keep up. I can keep up. I absolutely can. But please believe, I'd much rather be in a corner by oh, myself, my recharging, doing my own thing. So the nod <laughs> to making an introvert feel safe is huge for me. So I just want to shout that out. Thank you, Colbert. Um, so my, my list, like, as I listened to y'all, like my list was growing and changing and doing all kinds of things. So number one for me is faith. I never assumed that we're coming from the same place when it comes to that. So for me, I need to know that you have faith in God, um, not just religion, but a faith in God. And you are at that phase in your life. Number two, kind hearted slash loving and affectionate and all of those things. Like there's gotta be a sense of like kindness about you. You gotta be gentle because this is me. This is my heart. This is my life. I need to know that you are going to not only take care of it, be gentle with it, but you're going to return that love to which I'm going to give to you. So that reciprocity there, I'm going to give you that energy. I need you to give it right back to me. Along those lines, safety. I need safety and I'm not talking about physical safety. I'm talking about a mental safety. I'm talking about emotional safety. I'm talking about a spiritual safety. And then, you know, at the end, I'm sure there will be physical, but if I don't feel safe in your presence, I cannot be with you. Um, and that is a huge, huge thing because again, going back to being an introvert, it does take a lot. It takes a lot for me to open up and to kind of show who I am and talk and be vulnerable and be um, just that that gentle, kind version of myself, because I spend all day, especially as a Black woman in America, needing to protect, needing to nurture, needing to give so much to the world around me. There's not a whole lot of space for me to be that very gentle version of myself. So the person I'm with needs to make me feel safe. So when I come home at the end of the day, I can shed my armor and be the flower that I need to be for him. Um, also a dreamer. I very much 
love a person that dreams you have to kind of connecting back to faith you have to believe in something bigger than yourself bigger than the things that you can see you need to be able to dream and see the things that we can't see yet but know that they're coming and they are for you so i need to know who i'm with is going to be a dreamer for us and finally all of these kind of go together you've got to be driven um kind of going back to something that he said but you have to be assertive about your goals, right? I want you to dream. I want you to believe in the impossible. And I want you to have the tenacity and the audacity to go after those goals and try to achieve them with all of your might and all of your ability. And I want you to be able to communicate with me about that. I want you to be able to communicate with the world about that. This is my plan. This is what I'm doing. Don't just do it behind the scenes and in isolation, especially if I'm going to be your partner. You need to let me know what, how we're moving, because if you can communicate about where you're going and what you're trying to do, then that means I can pray for you. I can support you. I can be there for you. So talk to me. Let's make these dreams happen together. This segment was dope. Okay. I love it. Y'all wanted to hate, but it was good. Okay. <laughs> huh? I, I stand corrected. It was good. <laughs> oh, so let's move on and um let's talk about men <laughs> what are we gonna talk about all of your lists were very nice by the way i did not i didn't say that but everybody did a really good job that was good that was heartfelt so you should hold on to those lists that should be your your prayer if you believe what you put on that paper that should be your prayer when you say lord i need a husband i need a wife um and these are the qualities I need to have. Well, you know what I said last week about your prayers and for a husband? You got to be specific. And that's Amen. pretty specific to you, though. That's what you're looking for on your and list. Don't say you're praying for a husband. Make sure you're specific in that husband. Right. Hymns will be full of married men because you asked God for a husband. A husband, yeah. I said oh. I want a husband, not your husband. I'm <laughs> <Go> somewhere. <laughs> right. Be Let's... more specific. <laughs> Let's talk about male virgilite. Um, I'm gonna let sister open up the floor with this one because this was her idea. So yeah. 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 So I um I want to be sensitive about this particular topic because I think go in. There is <laughs> there's a male fragility, right? And what that male fragility is, is I think it's sometimes driven by a couple of things um society will tell you that a man needs to be a certain type of way and therefore if he presents as anything other than the prototype then he is not man enough and so with that there is a fragility in how men are kind of exploring their identities figuring out who they are even if they're a little bit left of other and also that vulnerability that comes with that so as women i have often found that I have to be cognizant of that fragility as they're exploring their identity, especially as black men. So I need to, I need to call it out, right? Like you, you got to name that thing in the room. Our black men are called to be so many things while also being attacked in our society at the same time. Yeah. So there's a fragility that comes with that. There's a trauma that they are experiencing and that we have to be sensitive to that, especially if they're not prayed up, they're not in relationship with God and they don't have that strength coming from a spiritual place. So mm -hmm. my question really stems on how do we, one, support the strength to move from the fragility, but to respect the state of fragility and support that and nurture that without 
making it a handicap or crippling um, our men, because I think that's extremely, extremely important. And um, I can go on and on and on kind of in my experience and seeing how that's happening in the world, because I think one of the things that I see as an educator um, is we see the single story, the story of the black kid who's experienced some sort of trauma and what that does for our counterparts. And, you know, education is mainly filled with white women is the bleeding heart story of, oh, let me coddle him. Like, no, he doesn't have to sit down and do his reading group today. He's like having a bad day. So let me come over here and take care of him and do all the things. And in my mind, as a black woman watching that, I know he's had a bad day, but if you're not requiring him to read, you are crippling him beyond this moment. So that fragility doesn't start just when a man becomes a man. It, we're doing this at a young age and it's not just us. So that's my question. How do we love? How do we support? How do we pray you to strength with this male fragility? Ladies, gentlemen, what are our thoughts? Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> um. So for me, I love this question because this is literally the story of my life. And I love how you said that as, as black males, we're constantly trying to figure out our identity. So this may get personal. Don't like feel sorry for me, but I just really want to paint a picture, a realistic picture for myself. When I was younger, I had a dream. And the long story short of the dream is that I wouldn't see my dad for much longer. Um, and having that dream and having to come to that reality at a very young age, I didn't know how to process that. I didn't know what that meant because they always say a parent has a favorite child. That's, that's always like, even though they won't name it, they have a favorite child. Mm -hmm. As a child, I had a favorite parent and my favorite parent was my father that wasn't going to be there. So that was already a mental kind of trauma that I had to go through at a young age. And it's, it was tough because I've, I had always waited it's like waiting at the door for your father to come in to be embraced. So growing up here in America, I'm actually, both my parents are from Ghana. So there's lineage, tradition, and culture in Ghana, but now I have to understand the American way. So now I'm trying to find my identity in my culture and where, where I reside, which is here in America. So that's one thing by itself. When you go to school, and I love how Patricia talked about this starts very at a young age because it really does. You, you need to be built up at a young age to understand who you are mm -hmm. instead of walking in brokenness when you grow up. And it's really a hard concept to come out of. Um, so at a young age, understanding that I was of the darker tone and I'm very dark. Um, You're beautifully, now, beautifully. I grew into loving my skin color, but at a young age, that wasn't the case. So not only right. do I not have a sense of security at home, um, now I don't have a sense of security when I'm going to school and I'm around my peers. So in my mind, I'm constantly walking around not understanding who I am, not understanding what I'm worth, not thinking that I'm worth anything. So I say all that as a background because when you're growing up, I'm starting, me, myself, I'm having to break down barriers I don't understand or comprehend. So trying to live in this world, seeing what's going on, understanding the systemic racism that ex exists, it's like, okay, not only that, now as I'm growing up, your peers are telling you this is what it looks like to be a man. But everything they're telling me, I'm looking at broken people. So not, am I, not only am I looking at a, a broken male telling me how to break a female, now I'm looking at going home and looking at how male, uh, men have broken women in my household. That's been a hard concept to understand. So I'm trying to find the midst of my identity 
without feeling like I'm doing something wrong. So for me, I was telling a friend, I've always had kind of like a moral compass and I've never been able to run away from it. Like I know mm -hmm. people can disconnect from their spiritual aspect. I really never could. So it's always been a big burden, but how do I cultivate this without knowing anything in life? So not only that, if we get out of the spiritual, the natural, I'm 5'5", five five. let's call it what it is. I'm, I'm considered a short male. Um, so now, and then at the time I'm, a, you know, I'm still a dark skinned man, but at the time, dark skinned men weren't people, people, somebody that people really looked at. So you're battling all these social constructs. You're battling all these mental battles. You're going home and battling all these things while looking in the mirror and be like, who am I? Because I, it's like, you don't know. So at the end of the day, I feel like it's really an identity issue. And like you said, Patrice, it starts at a very young age and unless and we, we look at history and the aspect of men being taken out of the household. That is strategically planned so that it will be a generation of, of men hurting men and it's a continued gap. I mean, if we look biblically, historically, that's been happening. Let's hurt, let's kill really and destroy the household by starting with the man of the household. When we continue to do that, because they won't know who they are and because they won't able to they're not able to detect and identify who they are on the inside. It, it, it's a rolling effect. So that's why I believe it really starts at a young age, but I feel like it's something that a lot of us struggle with. And me personally, I say that I definitely, I'm still looking into who I am and staying true in that because for me, fear runs its course because I struggle with accepting who I am. I know who I am. I understand what God has called me to do, but I fear that once that responsibility comes, what's gonna happen next? And I don't want to mess anything up. Responsibility kills me. So it's all these things. Now I'm having to train my mind to understand that these are blockages um, and these are things put in place to hold me back. And I have to push past that. So that's, right. I would say, it's, it's a really tough aspect to understand. But once you can put words behind it and once you can kind of be intentional with getting to know who you are, it's easier to kind of push those worries and anxieties away. Oof. Oh, so I, I, I just, I just, I just, I'm, I'm a let key go. I'm a let key go. But I just have to say, I thank you for your vulnerability. I thank you for sharing your story and speaking your truth, because I don't know who needed to hear that testimony. Mm -hmm. I don't know who needed to hear where you are right now to understand, you know, it's okay to be where you are and also understand that you're not going to be there always. You're constantly growing. You're constantly evolving. You are right. changing and you're coming into yourself. So I just wanted to take a second and say thank you for that. Appreciate um, it. I appreciate it. Oh, but let me tell you something. The fact that you are, you're sitting here and you're letting us know these things, you're being open about it. And the fact that you touched on, you know, I don't want to mess anything up and I don't want this to happen is a clear sign of knowing that that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Because if you're identifying that and you're noticing that already and you're, you're thinking about that before it's happened, you're going to be straight, dog. Like, you're going to be straight. I need more dudes to be thinking like this to really get that mind frame and to sit in that mind frame and that mindset because it's going to open up a world of wonders. I'm telling you, straight up. So, like Patrice said, thank you for that because that just, you blew my mind. I don't even want to say nothing no more. 
but <laughs> I was about to just keep letting Pastor Colbert keep on talking. But <laughs> um, honestly, I think what I have to say isn't more so a question. It's more so an answer to what Patrice was touching on earlier. And that was, you know, how are we going to, you know, empower our men, have our men know that, you know, we're, we're pretty much here for them. We know you can, we want you to be able to tell your feelings, to be able to open up like that. I think the one problem that we have or the biggest problem that society has is that that disconnect between women and men as far as feelings go, we act as if men don't have that. We act mm -hmm. as if men don't have a heart. We act like men don't have emotions. Speak on a key. Come so on. they have to literally build up a wall and be like, okay, that's what I'm going to have to be because society says I don't have this. Society says I can't have feelings. Society says emotions are off the table when it comes to males. And that's not right. Because then when you have a male who is open about how he's feeling, what he's feeling, anything of that nature, we see him as, for lack of better words, like a punk or, or weak. And that's not weakness. I feel like the true weakness is when you can't actually speak about it, when you don't want to, when you won't do it. I feel like if more people listen to or had that mind frame of what we're all kind of sitting here putting out, then that disconnect would no longer be a disconnect. We could support each other as human beings and not just as men and women. So, yeah, I think that's just what we have to do. We have to recognize the problem. Recognize it before you can even try to fix it. Because how are you going to fix something when you feel like there's no problem at all? Mm. Stop putting our men in predicaments where they feel like they have to do this or they have to say this or they have to be that way. Because the same way women say, you know what, he done hardened me up. He done made it so that I don't want to love nobody. I don't want to share my feelings with nobody. Women can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not going to be shady. I'm not trying to be shady, but women can be ruthless. And I know that from... A standpoint of doing it myself back in my past like we can be ruthless and we'll throw it out there and make you feel like dogs make you feel like trash when we should be like you know what baby it's all right if you need to cry cry if you want to tell me what's been going on and and let me know what's bothering you let me know what's bothering you so you don't feel like you have to go out here and then turn around and do the same thing I'm doing to you which is pretty much ignoring how you're feeling Mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a two-way street <laughs> we we gotta support each other we gotta be here for each other we gotta let each other know it's gonna be okay because if not we doomed and y'all ain't taking me nowhere with y'all <laughs> doom yourself don't doom me with you <laughs> the same. okay i can die <laughs> Um, I agree with like with, with every what you know what the ladies are saying, Colbert. Again, thank you so much for your openness with this. Um, and you know, kind of opening my eyes to what I see and how I deal with certain things when it comes to men. 
Um, but uh, Trey said something earlier and it kind of, you know, triggered something in my head and not even dealings with relationships, but, you know, with, you know, finding a mate, but even with my brother and my father um, and kind of understanding how they react and how they deal to things. And it kind of stems back to how we treat young men or little boys at a, at a very young age. Um, if you see like a little boy playing on his bike or playing outside and he slips and falls and, you know, he gets, a, you know, a scratch or a cut or something, the first thing his dad tells him once he starts crying is, you know, toughen up, stop crying. Instead of letting him feel his emotions, they shut it down. But if a little girl goes out and does the exact same thing, they coddle her, they pick her up, they kiss her and they say, oh, baby, it's okay. Or she's having a bad day, they want to sit and talk to her. But with boys, they'll kind of be like, you know, you'll be all right. Don't even worry about it. And that kind of drives that division with, you know, us going into adults, into these adult relationships and dealings, how we don't know how to deal with each other because we don't know how to deal with ourselves. We don't know how to feel how we feel in a way that's not going to be destructive to ourselves and to those around us. And I think the, the first step into, I guess, getting better at that is praying for understanding and peace within ourselves and being able to share that light to everyone else. Being understanding, being open, and just being a listening ear to somebody every once in a while and kind of reading body language with someone, understanding that someone may not have a bad day and ask them, you know, what's going on with you? Do you want to talk about it? You know, let's sit and have this conversation but also being adult enough and understanding it enough to let them deal with it on their own, but letting them know that it's okay to feel how you feel. And if you want to express and expound on that, then let's do it. So I, um, so many things to say about this because I feel like you all like we I don't know when the shift happened and we went from like okay we just gonna talk about relationships to whoosh we don't <laughs> talk about relationships <laughs> um I'm not sure when that happened but I'm just reminded of so many things and I think um you know it's it's what's cool about doing this and having your sister in the room is um you can talk about your family lineage right and I respect my sister so much for anybody listening to this. We are two different people, but I respect her so much for speaking her truth, for living in her truth, and for using her story and her testimony to uh, really help others in a way that I don't, I don't have that gift. Between the two of us, you're not going to find me on social media. You're not going to find anything else about me because I tend to be much more of a closed book when it comes to my personal stuff. And she's giving me feedback of, I don't know these things happen to you because you don't talk about me. You don't uh -huh. tell me these things happen to you. And I'm like, well, you know, you didn't ask. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> but I with that I want to say that um you know our upbringing is what it is and although that we are roughly 10 years apart um there's some things there's some things that you have in your childhood that come back out and they come to play into your relationship so one of the things that um I don't know if it's a gift or a curse for the women in my family but we have the regalo de la lengua which is the mm. gift of the tongue yeah and uh, I use that facetiously because uh, my grandmother, I, I, God rest her soul, Betty Ann, I, God rest your soul, Betty Ann, I love you. Come on, Betty. But uh, I once watched my grandmother bless and curse a person at the same time. And I'm mm. still not sure if that man knew what happened. Like she cussed him all the way that 
all the way out and back again and then fed him food. And yeah. I was soaking, I was looking at her like, wait, what? Which is, I'm very conflicted about what's happening. And I also watched her do that to my grandfather in a less uh, comical way. And I watched my mother inherit this gift and I watched my mother do this to my father. Mm-hmm. And um, Colbert, going back to, you know, people have a favorite parent. I don't know that I have a favorite parent. I think that my closeness with my parents kind of fluctuates, but I will definitely say that I am 300 million trillion percent a daddy's girl. And mm-hmm. partially it's because our personalities are so similar. So um, I grew up watching my dad's, knowing what I know about my dad's own story, knowing that he is the youngest, he did not have a relationship with his father. He grew up in the South during a time where masculinity was one thing. And my dad is left of other. Um, my dad loves art. My dad loves to create things. My dad is not much of a hunter. So he, for where he comes from, could not be more other than what he is. Mm-hmm. And um, he had to deal with that his whole life. And I think at that point, I'm sure people question, what type of man are you? You don't wanna hunt things. You don't wanna womanize things. What are you, like, what are you doing? And I know he dealt with that, uh, whether he talks about it or not. I, well, he, he and I have talked about it, um, especially as it relates to my own relationships. So we, we definitely talk about it. But then I watched my mother and I watched my mother in front of her daughters. Um, not lift this man up when she got frustrated and tear him down and say these terrible things and do these awful things. And it was all, never laid a finger, but it was all with her tongue that she was able to do that. And I also recognized that her venom came from a place of pain as well. And talking about male fragility, um, Key, I think you hit it. We have a responsibility in this too, as partners to our men, as mothers to our men, as lovers of our men to understand how we speak to our men, speak about our men, how we uplift our men. And it goes both ways. So for anybody listening to this podcast, I'm not trying to say, ladies, the weight of the world laughs on you because that is not what I'm saying. But I am saying you are responsible for how you treat other people and the impact that you have on them. And so Mm -hmm. you need to have some intentionality in the words that you choose. And you need to season your words before you go giving those words to anybody else. Because I think that is a huge, huge piece. And um, creating our men to be the pillars of strength and as who they are in their own identities, not the identity that we are defining for them, but the ones that they define for themselves. And I think it's also our greatest weapon in creating their fragility and aiding to that fragility as well. So I think we just have to be super duper careful about how we're uh, doing all of those things. And I, Colbert, going back to something that you said, um, you didn't, you weren't on the episode last week, but I talked about Elevator Bay, which is this guy I met on the elevator and had a couple dates with at the beginning of the pandemic. And our second date, which is probably why we didn't go on a third, um, <laughs> we had a conversation and um, he didn't have any biological children of his own, although he had raised a son who was now of college age. And we were talking about it and he was talking to me about kind of the scenario of, um, you know, boys on a football field. And he said he coached his son's football team. And like when they lost a game, he watched their reaction and they cried and they cried and they cried. And, you know, they wanted their moms. They called for their moms. And he said he shut it down. And the very same way, Trace, you were talking about you know, we tell boys not to cry. Like, what are you doing all that crying for? It's not going to make it any better. Like, you need to man up. You need to do all of these things. And so he and I very, very clearly got into it. And I said, you need to stop doing that. 
I said, the reason that you need to stop doing that is you are invalidating the emotions that they feel. There is no harm in crying when something upsets you. There is no harm whatsoever. And he tried to come back and say, I wanted him to seek his, his team and not some woman to, to build him up. And he was like, because, and he went on this rant about, because I think sometimes in households where there's a single black mom raising a black son, she treats him as both her son and her lover. And that's a conflicting thing and a conflicting responsibility to put on a male child. So what ends up happening is that male child grows up and when he's upset and he seeks something, he now is seeking the comfort of a woman. And if the woman that he's with doesn't give it to him, then he will go find that comfort in another woman. And I understand that this is coming from a place of brokenness, but I really am just seeing that play out in such a cyclical way of when we talk about who owns the responsibility of male fragility, it's not just men, we all do. It, how mm. are we all moving in a way to create this pandemic? Lord. This joint got deep. <laughs> got deep. Swimming at it. Swimming at it. <laughs> yeah. I got nothing. No. Girl, look, right. It's been said. <laughs> so, it, so it is. Mm, it is so. So it is. Go ahead and give the benediction, uh, Pastor Colbert. <laughs> Come on, now oh. unto him who was able to do exceedingly and abundantly greater than, come on. <laughs> was that, was, was I'm that still English? trying to accept who I am in all aspects of life, so I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> aren't we all on that journey, honey? Aren't we all? Right. Oh, my gosh. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and journey off to a quick break, but don't go anywhere because there's more just a tell after this. Love a good YouTube video? Live for a hair and makeup tutorial? Want to know how to start a YouTube channel? Stan Black Love? Follow House of Pain, Aislinn Wade, and Ashley and Ernest on YouTube. That's H-A-U-S-O-F-P-A-Y-N-3, House of Pain, A-I-S-L-Y-N-W-A-D-E, Aislinn Wade, and A-S-H-L-E-Y-A-N-D-E-R-N-E-S-T. Ashley and Ernest. Check out the links in the Jessatella show notes. They're just what you never knew you needed. Trust me. All right, welcome back to Jessatella. So let's give our closing remarks. Go ahead, Key. Um. Be mindful, be empathetic, and I, I'm always going to say be kind, because if you're not going to do none of that, you don't need to be with nobody. You need to get you some cats and live your life by yourself. So specific. Cats. Because cats are unbothered with anybody else's agendas but their own. Have you they guys will. not noticed that? Girl, do you know they'll eat you if you die in their presence? What? You are just food to them. Yes. Well, there, there you go. You feed them. 
in life and then in death you can do it too okay that was morbid um but yeah you spent this, too much time this, around that satanist huh no i didn't you had to read with archie um no just 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 be kind and and be open listen don't just hear somebody because we can all hear for the most part listen somebody and get to know yourself and y'all gonna be straight and we can see where the world gonna take us hallelujah Go ahead, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not, club pride. not that club pride, yo. <laughs> Y'all missed all the videos. Oh <laughs> um, just remember that life is going to life, right. right? And what that means is it's going to be some good, it's going to be some bad, you're going to succeed, and you're going to fall sometimes, but not every fail is a failure so pick yourself up dust yourself off feel how you feel and learn from it and then proceed amen and i'm done um one of the things i want to kind of retouch on when we talked about platonic relationships and the aspect of sometimes there's a possible interest if there is talk about it it's okay. If you say your friends like y'all say y'all are, talk about it. It's not going to be, I've talked about it with 90% of my woman friends. Um, and we're all still friends to this day. So talk about it. Uh, it. It's normal to have an attraction for somebody. So don't be scared of that. Have conversations, be bold and encourage one another this week. Yeah. I mean, I think y'all have touched on everything. Um, mine, I would say know yourself, know yourself, know your boundaries, know your limits, know um, how to advocate for yourself, know how to uh, go after the love that you need that's going to serve you, that allows you to serve them, and that allows y'all to serve God together in your union, um, and make that a priority. But before, I know we've talked a lot about relationships, relationships with other people, um, between man and women, and all of that stuff, but the most important relationship you need to get in check is your relationship with yourself and with God. So spend that time in getting to know yourself, know who you are, know thyself. And uh, yeah, don't go ruining folks' day. Like, don't go ruining their lives. Like, people can be emotional gangsters. Ladies, we are champion emotional oh, gangsters. God. So uh, let's stop being emotional thugs out here in the streets. Love for everybody. Mm -hmm. I laugh because that's me. Love for everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, go ahead and tell them where to find you. Oh, key. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I forgot I was first. <laughs> it's late. Okay, so um, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube on uh, at House of Pain. It's H A U S O F P A Y N three. And then you can find me on Twitter at Kiana1, that is K-E-E-Y-A-H-N-A, -E and the number one. You can find me in these Twitter streets and on Instagram at TreeseRenee20, T-R-I-C-E-R-E-N-E-E, Doseto20, for those of you who are not familiar. 
Cobra O S E I hyphen O W U S U on all platforms. He finally said it. Thank well, you, Jesus. God is good. Off the time. <laughs> it did take a minute because I was just like, yeah. oh. stubborn. You sure you're not a Taurus? Huh. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, sister. Uh, you can find me. Uh, actually, don't. I'm not on anything. Have a good day, y'all. Just don't. <laughs> She's not lying. That is funny. Oh my god! And you guys already know what it is at Aisla Wade or everything that's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Although I'm never on Snapchat, I just get on there. Girl, to watch the podcast and the, like the food porn and that's it so but you can still find me hmm? i love food porn so nice if you've never seen a cake that just makes you want to hop ah, sha, ta, ka, ba, ha, then you roll your eyes down then, <laughs> you don't know but that is it so thank you guys so much for being here you could have been anywhere else but you chose to be here listening to us ramble on and on and on and for that we are eternally grateful um shout out to everybody that's listening from every state every city every province every village every country we are so happy to have you and we are glad you are here and until next time guys bye bye guys bye Bye.